Um, hi everybody. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about Bauer Community Center. Approximately 10 years ago, um, I volunteered at Bauer and it just wasn't a volunteer. I had some reservations because to me it, was, it sounded like too much of a commitment. So um, I want to tell you how God put me at Bauer. Um, I, I wasn't too happy, you know, just going to church coming, going home, coming back the next Sunday. I wanted to get involved. I'm a real people person and I, I needed people in my life. I wanted to get more involved in the church, but I didn't want a commitment. You know, how do you get involved and not have a commitment? But that's what I wanted. <clears throat> so I started out with the backpack program at Miller School with uh, other ECC people. Well, I kept seeing this notice in the bulletin about needing some servers at Bauer Community Center for a Thursday night meal. Well, that sounded like a real commitment to me. And uh, I just kept looking at it and thought, no, 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 I don't want that. So anyway, um, one day, one of my friends who cooked at Bauer asked me if I would help serve or help prepare the um, Thursday night meal for Bauer Community Center. And I said, sure, I'll help you. Well, there the door opened up, but, uh, you know, you don't want too much of a commitment. So I thought I'd go help her that one Thursday. <clears throat> so I, I did. I started helping, you know, prepare that one meal. And uh, that one meal turned into me cooking, eventually cooking one or two times a month. Now, that turned into the 10 years. As I told you, I was there 10 years. That turned into the 10 years. So now, uh, Mark has even started helping at Bauer, and he's been there approximately six years. I did take a uh, four-week break when I had my last back surgery, and uh, during the pandemic, um, I am taking care of, of uh, the volunteers for Bauer and scheduling and so forth, and um, serving others, it seems to be my calling. So I think God put Mark and I at ECC for this purpose, and uh, that was many years ago. This has been really a strange year at Bauer with our meals with COVID, the COVID pandemic. And Rhonda Ooms is the director of the ECC Outreach Ministries. When our Thursday meal was stopped at the end of February, she wanted to continue serving meals and came up with a drive-through meal. So we all made it happen, not knowing exactly what to expect. Well, here's how God has moved in our Thursday night meals at Bauer. We're going to take March through October and use that as an example. That's 35 weeks. With the inside meals, it took 10 to 12 people um, to prepare and serve the meals and clean up. And we've fixed 100 meals, not over 100 meals, each week. So that's 3,500 total meals. Since March began with our drive-through meal, everything changed. Masks and gloves are part of our normal wardrobe at Bauer. Shopping now takes two people and two vehicles to go to Food Finders and Gordon Foods in order to get um, food for to prepare our meal for, for Thursday. 
Cooking has increased two and a half times and we now have three people preparing the meal and one washing dishes. We set up a type of assembly line inside and um, we have four to seven people carrying containers to be filled with food. Five people are serving at each station. They're, they are um, socially distanced and they serve at each station serving, serving food. Then we have an area, then they'll take the containers to an area of three people. One will be closing containers and two of them are bagging the containers inside of a plastic bag. Then a fourth person is at another station putting extras in like fruit that won't go into a, um, a uh, container. We have to um, serve so many ounces of protein, so many ounces of fruit and vegetables. So we need to make sure that we do have the requirements um, in the serving containers for each person. We have then two people who have carts that put the bags on carts and take them outside where there's another team of six or seven people who will be counting the number of people coming through and um, handing out the bags, putting milk into the bags and serving the 250 meals that we prepare. Okay, so if you have our situation right now, it takes 25, well probably about 30 to 32 people to provide 250 to 265 meals each week for our Thursday night meal. That is 8,750 8, meals that we have served since March. And the exciting thing is that some of the people who are going through lines, they are taking meals to their neighbors. They don't even realize that they're serving our God. You know, we're to love the Lord with all of our soul, all of our heart, all of our strength and all of our mind, and to love our neighbor. It really is showing at Bower. We are feeding it, feeding these people. They're, they are um, appreciative of it. They're taking meals to their friends. So there's the Lord working through these people who are coming through the line. And um, it is his plan. It, it, is, it is his plan that we did this um, drive-through meal. You know, we have, we've had so many people from ECC step up and uh, come and help serve and make this uh, endeavor successful at Bauer on Thursday night. Um, the church has really made a spiritual and a physical impact in our, in our community. You know, Bauer has brought so many people into my life and Mark's life, you know, both at church and away from church. It's given us the opportunity to meet people outside the church and to help these people. And um, we're around people who are grateful for what you do. They, they smile at you, they laugh at you, they thank you for what you're doing. They know you by name. You know, we laugh, we joke around. And you know, there's a lady outside the church who I had met several years ago that comes inside to see how I am as we're doing this uh, service during the pandemic. 
you know, we've, we've had um, some of the Bower youth when we were serving inside, some of the Bower youth have, have come to youth group. They've gone on uh, youth trips. We've had families who have attended church. And uh, we, we are making an impact at Bower. You know, as I, I stated earlier, we can always use people on call when we need the extra help. You know, time commitment is only two hours on Thursday night, and it doesn't have to be every Thursday night. You know, there is no obligation. And I'd like to talk to you about Bauer and tell you a little bit more about Bauer and, you know, what more that we do to see if you might be interested in helping. But we can always have more people to be added onto our on-call list. Um, you know, you can email me. My email address is heyrebs at yahoo.com. And um, let, me, let me tell you more about Bauer, and, and we'd like to have you down to help us. I think you would get a lot of satisfaction um, with the ministry at Bauer. to see what 
what a mixture of both of us would look like in a baby, which uh, is what we both have desired for so long. Eventually, after all the tests, we came to the conclusion that we're going to have to do IVF. And so, we scheduled our surgeries, and I remember going under a knife for now a second time, and just praying that this would work. found out later that only one of our eggs was viable. But we were still excited about that one. Um, and I remember when I got the call that we were pregnant and that it had worked. I was so excited. And um, I had been waiting and thinking about how I would tell Sean if I had gotten pregnant the whole time we had been trying. And so... Um, I was waiting for him to get home. I was pacing the floor. Uh, he finally got home and he came over to the couch and he knew something was up because I was acting weird. And I said, well, they did blood work and we are pregnant. Uh, we were both so excited. We had tears of joy. Um, and we, right away, we, our friends and family knew we had gone through this process. And so we had called them up, FaceTimed them, enjoyed telling everybody um, everyone was excited for us, and we just couldn't wait for this, this new chapter in our life. Um, then we went to our six-week follow-up appointment. We were both excited to see the baby for the first time. Um, and during the ultrasound, I remember the fertility specialist hesitating, and I thought, okay, something is wrong. Um, and then she said, well, this is not what I was hoping. Um, and she had told me that there was nothing there. There was, there was no baby. Um, and so we, she gave us some time, just the two of us. <sighs> and it was hard. And we didn't understand why. And it's funny because I never, I was so worried about getting pregnant that I never once stopped to consider that I would miscarry. Um, and so we went through a lot of grief. Um, our families had helped and gave us a devotional that helped, um, helped us get through that time. Um, I remember feeling really stupid, like how did I not know I wasn't pregnant, and what, what did I do wrong, what could I have done different?
we had thought about adoption, but we didn't really feel like that was what we were called to do yet. Um, it's really hard to take that dream away and go ahead and close that door of trying to make your own baby. And so, uh, with some help of um, family and friends, we decided we were going to go through a second cycle of IVF. Sean went under for a third time, and I had my surgery, and we were um, waiting to find out how many viable embryos we had. And we had three this time, so a lot better. We had done better than last time. Um, and so we were able to put one in and freeze the other two, so we did have backup. Um, and then we had to wait the 10 days, which are, are very hard. Um, you start to question every everything you feel in your body. And am I pregnant? Am I not? I've con I convinced myself both ways uh, multiple times. Um, but I remember praying specifically that uh, if this one was going to end in a miscarriage, that I not get pregnant at all. Um, coming right off of that miscarriage, I just I didn't feel like I could handle another one. And so um, I had prayed that. And, um, but obviously we were, we were both still very hopeful and excited. So I got the phone call that uh, it didn't work and we weren't pregnant. Um, I thought that that would be easier, uh, but it wasn't. I remember feeling like a failure. Again, what, what did I do wrong? Why, why did I not get pregnant this time? Um, it was hard. It, it was, it was a really hard time and, um, Sean was, was really good and, um, our friends and family, they were all really supportive and helpful. Um, but we felt like we were back at square one again. We had finally decided that we were ready to go back and uh, try one more time with our last two embryos. Uh, the doctor didn't recommend that we put two in for the first couple cycles, but at this point, since we hadn't had any luck, um, and she knew I was struggling. It was an emotional roller coaster for me, and I didn't think I could go through it a whole lot more. So she had suggested, let's put them in, let's see what happens, and go from there. And it's funny, because I remember at our first appointment thinking, that twin sounded nice. She talked about if we had more than one egg, um, that we could possibly put multiples in, but she didn't recommend that until later on. And there's just something about twins that just kind of struck a chord with me. And so when we put these last two in, I just, I hoped and I prayed they both would take. And Sean and I agreed, yes, this would be our last time. Um, if it doesn't work, then that means we are supposed to adopt or, or do some other figure something else out, that this just wasn't meant for us. Um, so on my way to the appointment, I specifically prayed, God, if this isn't the right time, please make that known to me. Um, we're going to go ahead and pursue it because we feel like that's what we're supposed to do, but if we're not, let us know. 
I got to my appointment and I remember the nurse telling me, uh, you ovulated and released an egg, so that's going to mess up your cycle. You have to wait another whole month before we're, we're able to um, try this again. And I was disappointed, but I remember thinking, okay, God, that's you. You, you knew for some reason that this wasn't the right time and you want us to wait and, and it'll be okay. Um, so then we were supposed to have it, but with COVID starting, uh, everything got pushed back again and we were just being patient. I'm not usually a very patient person, but I tried hard to make sure that I, um, was waiting on God's time and, and not my own, um. And we finally got the call that, that it was okay, just it's safe to come in and, and finally do the procedure. So we put both in and we waited that 10 days um, and we were both working from home at that point and we got the phone call uh, and they said, congratulations, you're pregnant. Um, we were both so excited. We uh, were relieved. We were hopeful, we had been praying very specifically that both would take because we loved the idea of having twins. Um, so we didn't know anything other than that we were pregnant. Uh, we told our parents, but we held off on telling friends and family because you know we didn't want to go through that same uh, devastation that we, we had in the first place. And so we anxiously waited for our six-week appointment. Um, when we went in, I was so nervous, and I was having flashbacks of the first appointment, and um, I got on the table, and I remember during the ultrasound, she hesitated again, and I just was beside myself. I thought, oh my gosh, this is happening again. I, I can't handle this. This is happening again, and I started physically shaking on the table, and Sean knew, I, he could tell that I was uh, upset, and so he um, was like, say something. Um, so finally the doctor's like, it's not bad news. And a couple moments went by, and she held up both of her fingers, and she said, there's two in there, you're having twins. <sighs> so Sean and I looked at each other, and we were so excited. Um, it, it felt different this time. It felt right, and we had been praying so hard for those two babies, and um, we were just so excited, and then we were able to tell friends and family, and um, every appointment I was always nervous because I think after you have a miscarriage, you just, you're never 100% comfortable that things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to, but... As I've gotten further along, it's gotten easier, and we're we're both so excited to um, to have twins and um, to start this new journey in our life as parents together. And we um, God has a big role, and that has played a big role. And we know that um, this was His plan all along, and all the heartache and pain was worth it uh, to get where we're at right now. Hi, I'm Julie Maiko, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about how 2020 has been for me and my family. 
So we all know that 2020 has not gone in a way we would have ever imagined. But before life as we knew it changed from COVID-19, my family was blessed with some wonderful news. At the new year, my husband Chris and I found out that I was pregnant. And this news really changed the way that we reacted to all of the changes in 2020. With quarantine, Chris and I were both thankful to have jobs and income that remained stable. Like so many others, we quickly had to make the shift to working from home. In some ways, this was really disappointing because I didn't get to fin finish my last year teaching at the school I was at in person. It was stressful switching to online and navigating both Chris and me working from home. We went from being really busy all week separately with our jobs to being home all the time learning a new way to work. It also felt scary being pregnant during a pandemic. So much was unknown about the coronavirus. I feared what might happen if I caught it. I wondered if the baby would be okay or if I would end up in the hospital alone due to the visitor restrictions that I'd heard about. I also had to go to my prenatal doctor's appointments alone, which sometimes made us feel robbed of the typical experience of going together, especially for our first baby. However, being in this unexpected quarantine situation, Chris and I got to spend more time together than we ever would have been able to during my pregnancy. We found ourselves enjoying longer walks with our dogs and noticing interesting houses, beautiful gardens, even other friendly faces from a distance, uh, more than ever before. The slower pace of our lives due to quarantine allowed our eyes to open to what God has blessed us with um, all around us. We found ourselves much less distracted and able to enjoy the simpler things. Contrasting with an exhausting first trimester, when I was busy at work in person, in quarantine I had more time to rest, relax in comfy clothes, and also exercise and stay active for the remainder of my pregnancy. Even though I was worried about COVID-19, I was able to feel safe at home and outside, keeping my distance and staying healthy. There have been so many reminders that God is still in control in this season. We were blessed that my doctor, who I love, was on call the Sunday when I went to labor, which was about two weeks early. Having her there for my labor and delivery really helped me feel comfortable and less anxious. Our daughter, Sophie, made her entrance into the world and showed us a love greater than we ever knew we could feel. Now we continue to be blessed with more family time than we ever would have since Chris is working remotely a lot of the time. Uh, he's been able to catch sweet snuggles and smiles from Sophie all throughout his work days. While it has been challenging to not let fear take over at times, I found that trusting God and bringing my anxious thoughts to Him has always shown me His faithfulness. Um, prior to COVID hitting, we were expecting a move. Chris is in the military and we were supposed to move in October, but things were delayed pushing our move ahead so we weren't going to be moving anymore with a newborn, uh, which now I really see why that is helpful. <laughs> and it also blessed us with all this extra time uh, together as a family. So at times I found myself asking God why my first pregnancy would be such during such an unsettling time, but I'm thankful that He blessed us with Sophie to bring such a light in the darkness.
I look at her little face and I see his goodness more than ever. Chris and I both felt his presence so strongly the first time we brought our daughter to church. Looking at her as we sang and worshiped gave it a whole new meaning. We're so amazed by this life he created and entrusted to us. As we navigate the adventure of being new parents, we pray that Sophie grows to know and love him. Hear these words found in the book of Ezra, chapter 3. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we know how good you are. We know that your love for us does in fact endure forever, Lord. We thank you for that promise. We thank you for new life and birth. We thank you for these powerful testimonies of your provision for this community and these, your people. We thank you that you see us through difficult times, that you are with us and that you love us and that you comfort us when times are hard. We thank you that you have blessed us with able bodies to serve you and to serve your people through word and through service, Lord, you allow us to share the good news of your gospel. God, as we continue to live in a difficult time, I pray for all in our congregation that are struggling with health concerns. I pray that they would feel your warm embrace this day. I, feel, I pray that they would feel comfort in healing in the midst of the pain. I pray for those who are alone this morning that you would give them a sense of community, that they would feel your ever-present spirit dwelling among them. God, I pray for the Falkenberries in Covenant Mountain Mission, Lord. I pray for their ministry. I pray that in this difficult season, they would still see your hand at work. I pray for, pray for Ben Tennedy serving with the Army National Guard, Lord, I pray that he would feel your warm embrace this day, that he would feel your provision for himself and for his family. I thank you for his service, and I thank you for the man that you have made him to be, to serve and spread the word of your gospel. God, we continue to lift up children's ministry here at ECC. We thank you for the weeks that we are able to gather together safely over the past season. And we pray for our families as we enter another season of virtual ministry, Lord. We know that your hand is at work, and we pray that we would be able to spread the good news of the gospel to the children of ECC. God, I pray that you'd be with us now as we continue in worship. May we hear your still, small voice speaking to us and ministering to us through the words of the songs that we sing. God, I thank you for all of the ways that you provide for us. And I ask that you be with us now. It's in the powerful name of your Son that I pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.